Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they can see your great deeds. Then they will praise our Heavenly Father. Today, did you know September is our 10-year birthday for Bethel Atlanta? So today I'm going to talk a little bit about these last 10 years. And then I'm going to shift because I believe there's a shift happening. When I was asking God, I said I wanted a picture. God, show me a picture of what we look like. And he showed me this most beautiful Christmas tree. And you know the old-fashioned Christmas trees where the candles were sitting on the limbs. And we were all on the limbs, and it was magnificent. And it was so beautiful. It was so lovely. I'm going to start. I have these dreams, and I feel like this dream I'm going to talk about on this side of the podium. This is this 10 years, this last 10 years. And the, this dream I had a couple of years ago, and I think it just depicts, man, I really love you guys, by the way. I think this, this dream really depicts what's happened in our congregation for 10 years. So I was taking a test. It was a math test. And everybody's in the room taking this test, and I'm looking at this problem. I'm going, I have no idea. I don't, have, I don't even know where to start. And then this kind of smart aleck young guy, the, the teacher or whatever walks over and he says, well, I can take it for you. I don't mind if you cheat. And I'm going, well, no. I mean, I thought about it for a second in the dream. And then I, then I said, no, I, that's okay. And then I went off to break. And I came back and I sat there. People are working all around me. And I'm going, I don't even know where to start. And then this old woman came up behind me and put her arms around me. And she took my hands and we started working on the problem. And I was just watching while she was doing it. And the problem turned into this beautiful feast that she was preparing before me. And there was this huge, beautiful fish and vegetables and it was candles. It was beautiful. And then when we were done, I was going, I had no idea. That's what it was. And she said, anytime you need help, I will help you. And that was the dream. And Bree Healy, well, what's Bree's last name now? Garrett. Garrett. Uh, Bree is our dream interpreter. She said, 
obviously that old woman. Now, in my dreams, the uh, Holy Spirit is a woman usually. And uh, that old woman put her arms around me, and she took my hands, and she made something that seemed like a problem into this beautiful feast right before me and laid it before me. And any time we need Holy Spirit to help us, he, she, he is there for us. And I feel like that's where we've been living. I also feel like over the years, Bethel Atlanta has been a house of dreams. And just for a few of you that weren't here in the beginning, um, Steve went to a strategic elders planning thing out in Reading 12 years ago. And he felt like, man, we need to go to the school. And the next day, Chris Vallotton walks in and says uh, long prophetic words over all these guys and looks at Steve. He says, by the way, I see you moving houses. And he calls me that, that night. I'm home alone with all the kids. And, or no, the, most of the kids are grown up then. But I was ho home alone. And um, he calls me. He says, I think we need to go to Reading next year, which is five weeks from them. This was summertime. We had to leave in five weeks to go to the school. And I'm going, okay, we'll pray about it. I hung up. And I was just, I remember looking in the mirror going, are you kidding me? <laughs> just that feeling. And, and so I went to sleep. And twice that night, I dreamed about Abraham leaving his family. So I woke up. I said, we can't not go. Yeah. And, and we felt within a day, we knew we were supposed to go. So we went out there and just got totally rocked by the ministry school. And then another thing about dreams, uh, when we were in our second year coming and going, um, this uh, other pastor said, Steve, you've been helping me with all my dreams. And God said, woke me up last night and said, Steve, it's time to declare your dreams. So we sat down. And I know some of y'all have heard this story. So we sat down and we said, what are our dreams? We said, man, it would be awesome to have a ministry school here in Atlanta. And so we head out to Reading for a week-long conference. We're part of second year. And, and um, he walks into the prayer chapel. The first morning he's there in Bill's book, Dreaming with God, sitting there. And he opens it up. And he's already read it. And, he, and it said, Steve, may all your dreams come to pass, signed Bill Johnson. So we were going, oh, God, you've got our attention. So the, the next day we go visit the Coopers because we said, man, if Tracy, who's a teacher out at Reading, would she come here and help us with a school? This would be awesome. And they say yes the next day. And then we go see Judy Franklin, which is Bill's assistant, because she's our good friend and she's, she knows Bill really well and Judy, what do you think? And it was that same Tuesday night, and she said, well, actually, I was going to have you all over dinner Saturday night to tell you you need to start a school in Atlanta. But the problem is is getting in front of Chris Valentin and also whether he'd say yes or not. So after a long conference week where the, everybody's so busy, we sat down. Judy said, come sit with us behind the preachers at Bethel. We've been sitting with the students for two years, so we're sitting there like, almost kind of nervous, you know, sitting right behind Bill and Chris and and then during the how-do-you-do time after the worship, Chris turns around and he says, uh, why don't you two come to lunch with me and Kathy? Because I want to talk finances. And Steve says, great, which was totally a God thing. So we didn't talk finance. We told him about how our week had been. And he said, a hundred people have asked me this year to do a school. And I've said no. But today I say yes. And you need to start coming to our staff meetings when you're in town. And Lauren needs to come to the staff meetings for school. I mean, it was like the favor of God just fell. And so we, are, we have a, a destiny, a legacy of dreaming in this church. Bob Hartley said, these are, these are prophets that have been coming these last 10 years. Bob Hartley said, Bethel Atlanta will be a house of hope and love. Faith Blatchford said, whether there's 50, 500, or 5,000 people, it'll always feel like family. There was a prophetic word about Redwoods where 
All these redwoods were gathering because I look around here, you guys are studs. I mean, we've got leaders among leaders among leaders because of the calling on this church, I believe. But you're all strong. You're like redwoods, but your roots go out for a miles. Like in that, and we're all becoming intertangled with each other. And because that unity thing is really growing. And that's what the prophetic word said. That red, it'll be like a redwood forest. Jack Taylor said, it's a season to love God without limits. It's a season to love people without limits. I feel like that's what's been happening in these 10 years. Judy Franklin had a word that we were like secretariat. Secretariat in the 70s, he won his horse. He won the Belmont, the Preakness, and the Kentucky Derby. And people that are my age, I remember watching the Kentucky Derby. That horse, you could, I'm sure, Google it. He, he won by five or six lengths. It was this horse was unbelievable. It was like freakish, big, strong, beautiful. And 20 years later, after he'd been uh, out to pasture studying people, you know, uh, other horses for a long time, he's a happy horse. Anyway, he, after 20 years, they did an autopsy and found out his heart was twice as big as other horses' hearts. And Judy said, you're not only powerful and beautiful and you run with strength and might, but your hearts will be so full of the love of God and love for each other. And this is what's been going on for 10 years. The last 10 years, and we, before we started Bethel Atlanta, we didn't see many healings. But, but once, Bethel, once we started and had that covering from Bethel Reading, we've been seeing, it's been crazy. People have been saved, healed, and delivered for, for years. And it's been quite amazing. And the worship, as you experienced, is like the presence of God is so strong. So all this to say, I feel like this is where we are. This is who you are right now. Song of Solomon 7, 1 and 2. How beautiful on the mountains are the sandaled feet of this one, bringing such good news. You are truly royalty. How you walk so gracefully in my ways displays such dignity. You are truly the poetry of God, his very handiwork. Out of your innermost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit, never failing to satisfy. So after all of this, I, I come today, I just have felt overwhelmingly grateful, overwhelmingly in love, and overwhelmingly in love with God, you. It's like, God, we, we are so blessed to be sitting here tonight. We're so blessed. So that's the first 10 years. And two days this week, I woke up, and God woke me up and said, I want you to tell them about the progression of my fire. And I was going, huh. And the next day, he woke me up and said, tell them my truths are ever increasing and ever progressing. And I was going, huh. I mean, so... I'm, this is what I'm trying to do. So this is stuff for you guys to study also. You know? So I'm, I'm uh, baby-stepping with you, you know. We're, we're learning as we go. So I feel like what's happening now, I feel like there's this shift. I, I know there's a shift happening. And this is what I want to talk about tonight. And you're going to feel it. And I know, I feel like we're in revival now. But I feel like there's a shift. And God's going to do something so mighty you know, the Bible says we move from glory to glory. So, two months ago, I have another dream. And this is, I think, this is the dream of the next 
of the future. So we're sitting there, all of us are together, and there's this beautiful woman, and this woman's not old. This woman's like 35, and she comes jogging up, just gorgeous, you know, fit, athletic gear on, and she says, hey, I'm going to run on a great adventure. Do you want to come? And we're all going, yeah, we want to come. But then there were some people that went over and said, no, I don't know, and they stood by the podium, and they were they were kind of going, I don't know. I think we got to stay here. This feels safe, and this is comfortable. And there was a woman standing in the podium, and it was obviously a counterfeit of that woman. This woman was emaciated and hair stringy and just looked really sickly. And she would say, oh, no, no, stay here. This is good. This is where you need to be, right here, right here. And then over this area, I was standing with some friends, and I farted. And, <laughs> yeah. And this, these, a few of these people were so disgusted. And they, they just looked at me and walked over and hung out with this lady here at the podium. And the other, the other people just go, oh, whatever, like that. And so then in the dream... Then in the dream, we all, a lot of us, some, now some were around the podium, but there, most of us were filling our gas tanks up at, right in sync. We had the, we had the, um... anyway, we're filling our gas tanks up. Oh, I get it. So anyway, we're at the gas pumps and we're filling our cars up all together. And, and that's the dream. And I, I went and talked to Bree about this. And she said, obviously, that's Holy Spirit, the fit woman. And there's this great, there's this path, you guys. And this is for the body of Christ, but I know this is for Bethel, Atlanta. There's this path, and she's going, we're going on this great adventure. Do you want to go? Dare you go on this adventure? And, um, and then when we were filling up our gas tanks, that was really important because we were all in unity. It was, like, it was like synchronized swimming, except we were all getting our pump and filling our cars. It was just like so in sync. And Brie felt like, and I agree, that the part about farting is it, this could be messy. This could be messy and smelly and, you know, just have, it, it's not going to always be safe and sit in our little pew. And that's what those, these people right here were. And, that, and I feel like this great adventure Holy Spirit's calling us on. I, another prophetic word. I mean, you're, you're going you're gonna to feel this when you hear all these prophetic words. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the day they announced at Bethel Reading that we were going to do a church, Steve Hodge, we were walking out the door, and he says, Lindy, come here, I got a word. He said, I see you playing in the sand, and you're like a little girl, and you're making this ornate sandcastle and it's gorgeous and it's big and it's beautiful and you're forming the turrets and they're you know the moat and it's just like see, I, he said I've never seen anything like it and then the huge wave comes and it flies over your head and over the sandcastle and when it recedes the, the castle becomes real and I believe the wave of God is coming like we've never seen before there's another prophetic word actually I think Nancy Spencer gave it years ago that we'd be like a, a lighthouse where people from all over the world would see and they would come to see and experience the presence of God. Marla Baum from Reading, she gave a prophetic word that Bethel would be like this hub and these deep canals would head out 
from this church to all over the world, but they'd be deep and mature, not these little streams. Randall Worley had a prophetic word that there were war horses, that we were like war horses, and we were coming from the east, and we were powerful, and we were muscular, and we were beautiful. But we were, our nostrils were flaring, breathing in and out the presence of God. Sean Bowles had a word last fall. He said, we are going to see 25 years of harvest. A wave is coming. Blake Healy talked about it two weeks ago. He said, there's going to be a great revival in Atlanta, and the way it's going to be sustained is through honor. Johnny Enlow, a year ago we were at Azusa, and we had a long um, row of Atlanta people, and he said, hey, Atlanta. He was just walking by. Hey, Atlanta, you need to read that Gulliver word. It's for you. And uh, so I hadn't heard about the Gulliver word, but Bob Jones had a Gulliver word where there's this, it was a 2005, you can look it up, and there's a huge giant with dirt over part of him, and he's laying in the dirt, and he's been tied down by people of little input. And he's tied there, and he's, try, he's starting to break the strings, and his head is in Cleveland, Ohio, and one hand's in Indianapolis, one is in Philadelphia, his heart is in Columbus, Ohio, and where Bob said there will be miracles like we've never imagined. That's where it'll start. And then I think uh, Cincinnati was a reproductive area, and one foot was in uh, Charlotte that uh, was television, one foot was in Nashville. He said, but when the mighty giant finally stands, he will plant his feet in Atlanta. And as, as Atlanta goes, so goes the south. There's a wave coming. Michael Maiden, he came uh, about seven weeks ago, and it was really cool because Elizabeth Lockman, she's one of our painters, she ha had a, a vision of a beautiful phoenix bird, and so she painted it, and then after she painted it, she, she had a dream, and God said, and it was over flying over the city of Atlanta, and the city of Atlanta was burning, and this beautiful bird was flying over the city, and she, this picture is incredible, and she had a dream, and it was like, Atlanta's going to be a, a great fire of, of the move of God, like a great revival. And she felt like the uh, Phoenix. She woke up. It was like, we need to invite Michael Maiden, because he's from Phoenix, um, here to church. And it was so amazing, because about three or four weeks before that, Steve had felt like, we need to have Michael come here. And it was like such a confirmation. We know Michael from Reading, because we've met him there. So he came here. And he told us he flew into Atlanta, and there was like a flash. And then it was gone. He said he felt like God said there's going to be a great revival here. And he says it's going to be like Amos 9 where the, um, which one goes first? The plowman? No, the reaper overtakes the plowman. He says it's going to be supernatural speed. It's just going to happen. And I feel like this is part of our calling. This wave is coming. And then he went on to say in our staff meeting, he said, I see this 200-foot fire in the middle of your, your, our field at the campus. And this fire is so tall and so bright, just burning so bright that people from all over Atlanta will see it. And people from all over the nation and the world will come to experience the presence of God. There is a wave coming. And then he's talking about this revival, this revival will, will be one of great fire. He said, but it'll be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Nothing like the old revivals. He said it would be a revival of love, devotion, great faith, evangelism, and miracles. So 
tonight, I felt like God just put on my heart to highlight, you got love, devotion, great faith. Just to talk about that for a moment. And I started thinking about um, Hebrews 11, those who've come before us. And then, and then for a, a little segue that's so important right now, there is, I thought, this was about two weeks ago, it's Memorial Day. This is such a big deal. We have great men and women who have died for us and, and, and sacrificed, and people are, who are serving or have, have served for us. Would y'all stand up real quick? Uh, those people. Not the, pe not the people who've died, the people who are serving or have served. Well, you know, we, yes. <laughs> you can't make fun of that comment, people who have died, because we live in a supernatural culture, and they could have been raised from the dead. Amen. I'm not kidding. I know no, you're not either. So, so I was reading Hebrews 11, and I started, these great men and women who came before us, their faith was so powerful and amazing. And it, like, by faith, Abel gave a great sacrifice. By faith, Abraham left his country. By faith, Sarah had Isaac. Now, Sarah was a normal person. She's just like us. I mean, if somebody came to me when I'm 100 and they tell me I was going to have a baby, I might giggle, you know? <laughs> Seriously. So I'm just saying, I felt like when I was reading all of these amazing people, I said, God, why are you, why is this in the Bible? And I felt like he said, because this was an inferior covenant back then. Now you live in a superior covenant. You are one with the God of the universe. You're one with Jesus, and Holy Spirit is right there in you. What are you going to write for your story? So it's almost like we have, I don't think it's almost, it is like we have the opportunity to write, by faith, Lindy did what? And it's like, and then we come, we're coming from a house of dreaming, and we're supernatural people. So I started thinking, what, what is your story? Dare you write what is going to be written for eternity? By faith, Lindy decided to sit on the front porch of her picket fence house for 40 years? No, that's not going to be it. By faith, Lindy's going to raise the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons and cleanse the lepers. Yeah. By faith, you're going to have great marriages. By faith, you're going to reign in life and your finances. By faith, you're going to be out of debt. By faith, you're going to have a marriage where you're so in love that it's ridiculous. That everybody says, get a room every time they see you. By faith, you're going to love your job. By the faith, you will walk in mighty miracles. By the faith, when people encounter walking up to you, just the presence on your life, they're going to get saved, healed, and delivered. This is your story to write. And then we live in a house of dreams. You take your dream, you add belief, and guess what it turns into? Great faith. So when we write our story, when our story is written for eternity, which it will be, what's it going to say? By faith, Bethel, Atlanta, we'll have canals going out of it that's spreading the gospel to the world. 
By faith, Bethel Atlanta will be a lighthouse for all to come to to experience his presence. There will be a 200-foot flaming fire on the property where people will walk on that property and get saved, healed, and delivered because of the presence of God. One of our intercessors this week drove on their property, and she said the road was like it was gold, shimmering gold. And there was a row of angels with horns proclaiming the greatness of God. And then around the curve, she saw angels with harps worshiping him. And then she went around the corner, and she saw flags from every nation. Do you see the calling on our lives, you guys? By faith, we're going to have a level of unity that no man's ever seen before. I was, I was, one day I was out there, and I felt like God showed me different people groups all in the corners you know, the blacks, the whites, Hispanics, the Muslims, all these people. And, and everybody in these groups was saved. But then there were hundreds that weren't saved that were visiting. And, and one group was in the corner going, Jesus is Lord. And then the, that group in that corner of the field, no, Jesus is Lord. Louder, you know how it, it was back and forth. and Everybody's laughing and yelling and it was so awesome. Then everybody ran to the middle of the field and just started hugging and kissing and laughing and crying. And when that happened, hundreds upon hundreds were getting saved in those fields. By faith, I guarantee, I, I can feel it with all my heart, you guys. From our property to the interstate will be lined up one day. I was talking to Darlene and Philip the other night. Oh, we love Saturday nights. I have a feeling one day we'll have every night of the week where the presence of God is on that property and thousands are coming to experience him. I was walking around Kroger today, and I, it hit me like, I said, next year on that property, you will have people coming because it's, because it's Memorial Day weekend. It'll be the destination people come to spend two or three days just hanging out in the presence of God. Because people that walk on that property are going to get saved, healed, and delivered. So remember, so this is just one aspect. You got the, the love of God, you got the devotion of God, and you got great faith, then you got evangelism, and then you got um, miracles. Th this is what Michael Maiden said this, this um, revival of fire is going to look like. So as we dream, we, we have an inheritance of dreaming. Dream what you want to do, whatever you want to do. I feel like I dream a lot, and I've had two prophetic words lately that I need to dream bigger. And I'm going, God, this is amazing. But we're sons and daughters of God most high, of the God of all creation. We should be good dreamers, probably a lot better than I am. We need to, I need to step it up. So what does this look like for us personally? And I feel like this is where, and this is where it starts. Like, I do feel like we're in a revival but I think this new wave of revival is coming, just to get it clear. You know that, because I think we're walking in signs, wonders, and miracles. So I ask myself, what is, how does this look like personally? It looks like I want to be in revival personally. I want to be so in love with God that that's almost all I think about. I want to be so devoted that every day I'm listening. God, what are you saying? What are you saying? Today, it was so awesome. Uh, we were sitting at Zesto's <laughs> for lunch. Me and Steve were sitting outside, and we were about to leave. I said, let's just wait a minute just because I want. And then this hawk 
came and start, started flying over. So God, I just knew he was speaking. He was flying over us for five minutes. And he was so beautiful, and he'd tilt and show his red tail. And it was just, and then ever since, so you think before you're going to preach, you need to be singing spiritual songs. I was just singing the whole time. Da, 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 da. I think there's something really godly about that song that whoever wrote it years ago, because every time I feel like, every time I feel like Holy Spirit's just just there, I, f- I feel like singing that song. I, I probably need to find out what that song is. It's one of those old movie songs, you know. And I, was, I can't get that song and that hawk out of my mind because Holy Spirit is so on this, you guys. He's so calling us. He's calling us to be desperately in love, to, so devoted that every morning we wake up, oh, I can't believe I'm this in love with you. And he's calling us to be people of great faith, that all things are possible for those who love God. There's no concern. There's no concern about finances and buying a church building and your children who aren't saved because we believe, we dream and believe, and that's great faith. And when you watch it happen. So he's calling us to personally just to fall in love with him and then, to, man, I've got to step it up. I've got to pray for more compassion that I feel like evangelizing, you know, increase our compassion, God, and then walk in signs and wonders and miracles. So we see someone, oh, man, I'm going to pray for you because I know God will heal you. This is, um, you know, my dad, the last year of his life, he didn't speak. He couldn't. He, he died when he's 84, and he spoke two times in one year, and, and Paul Paul was a really godly man. And one, one day, I walked in there, and I was going, I love you, Paul. You know, just leaving, he went, I love you, Lindy. This was about a month before he died, and I was, so it, I was totally wrecked. So he spoke that once. The other time he spoke um, was about few weeks before he died, and my brother Rick was there, and he's a campus minister, so he's just probably sitting there talking to dad, and dad doesn't move much at this point, you know, and he doesn't speak, and Ricky's just talking, all of a sudden, Papa put his hand on Ricky's arm, he said, Rick, it's all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus, you guys, it's all about Jesus, it's all about falling in love with Jesus. It's all about our heart of gratefulness, compassion, and love, and just total surrender because we're in love with them. That's it. And all this other stuff just falls into place. So you know how he told, God told me to talk about the progression of fire. We are the light of the world. And I, I dare say back then the light was fire, not electricity. You know, so that's why I had the candle up here. So listen to this. This is us. This is Song of Solomon 8. This is where he's taken us, you guys. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. Now, this is really interesting. If you read the Passion, you know, they're in love for seven chapters. I mean, you know, the bride and Jesus are really in love. And then in 8, he says, I saw you under that apple tree. Let me take you here. It's almost like, this, this moving from glory to glory. And this, this is what this is. I'll start over. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. 
This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My love will be stronger than the chains of death and the grave, consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over all your being. Rivers of persecution and pain will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire burning within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. This is what he's calling us to, to give it all, to let everything that's not of him burn off. This is the day of standing like that dream. We can't stand here anymore. we got to run on a great adventure. This is, this is a calling for our lives. It's a calling. But it's going to take total surrender, taking the fire of God's heart, sealing our hearts with his love. So this is what I see now. You know the Christmas tree with the candles on it? Have you ever seen a Christmas tree burn, like at a bonfire? It's absolutely incredible. I saw that tree lit on fire with the whitest, the hottest fire, but it wouldn't burn up. And it was part of that bonfire in the middle of our property that's going to go 200 feet in the air. God is bringing a great wave of revival. Song of Solomon 7. And this is, this is us, where we're going also. Within your womb, there is a birthing of harvest wheat. Shambol said 25 years of harvest. They are the sons and daughters who will be nurtured by the purity you guys impart. This is a calling on our lives. How gracious you have become. Your life now stands tall as a tower, like a shining light on a hill. Your revelation eyes are pure as pools of refreshing, sparkling light for a multitude. There is coming a day when thousands of people will be on that field nightly. Are we going to be the ones that, oh, that's nice, but I don't really go it. Are you going to be one of the ones that stands up on the stage and leads two or three hundred people to the Lord one night? Are you going to be the one getting up doing a testimony and helping stack the wheelchairs in the pile that Blake was talking about. There is a calling on the body of Christ and on Bethel, Atlanta. And, you know, we're asking ourselves, okay, God, oh, I want more. How do I do this? How do I? And the, Psalm 62 says, all the strength and power you need flows from me. All the love you need is found in me. My love my increasing love for him is from him. We just got to ask. And then one of my most favorite verses this last year or so, Psalm 62, the greater your passion for more, the greater your reward. God, give us a greater passion. Would y'all stand, please? Very quietly, please. Sean Bowles said, and this, is a, this is a word for my life and for your life, you guys. If I can find a people without mixture, 
I will pour out my presence without measure. Vanessa's going to sing a song, and there's another verse in Psalms 62. It says, I stand silently and listen for the one I love. I believe God is supernaturally, just like um, Michael Maiden said, you know, the reaper before, is that right? Before the plowman, yeah. The, the, the supernatural speed of this passion growing, of the love of God growing, of just your desire to love him deeper and deeper. This is growing because this revival is going to be fast. You are called. You are called to be lovers of him. And then everything will fall into place. Okay, if there will be no sound, Vanessa's going to sing a song over us. And all-consuming fire, you're our heart's desire, and living flame of love, come baptize us, come baptize us, oh, all-consuming fire you're our heart's desire and living flame of love come baptize us come baptize us oh all consuming fire you're our heart's desire and living flame of love. Come baptize us. Come baptize us. God, I pray you make us a people without mixture. Take the mixture out of my life, God. We pray you'll pour out your spirit in your presence without measure, without measure, God. We want all. We want all you want for us, God. We are so in love with you, God. We thank you for the wave of God that's coming. We thank you for this fire of God, this fire of revival, where we're going to learn to love you so deeply and so passionately, and our compassion for others is going to grow. God, make us wake up in the morning, just almost lose our breath because we're so in love with you. God, make us people of great faith. Father, we pray for miracles, signs and wonders of miracles, that people, when they encounter us, will be saved, healed, and delivered because of the presence of God is so strong on our lives. Father God, give us compassion for the lost. Give us compassion for the lost, Lord.
fall more in love with you. Let us fall more in love with you. God, consume us with your love. Consume us with the fire of your heart, mighty God. Seal us as your prisoners of love. I just feel like, I think we should sing this again. If you guys want to come forward and just, whoever wants more of God, I think sometimes it just takes a step. You know, I think God wants us to, he wants to see, are we, are we excited about running down this path? Are we still sitting by the, you know, podium? Oh, I don't know. Are we ready to run? Are we ready to take this great adventure? Are we ready to give our lives totally to him? Because there's a great calling on the body of Christ. There is a great calling on Bethel, Atlanta. This revival of fire is coming. This wave of God's glory, new levels of His glory are coming. So God, we just cry out for more of you. We cry out for personal revival that will never be the same again. Thank you, Father. You know, guys, I was thinking this um, thing he said about tell them about the progression of my fire. Well, his consuming fire is his consuming love. So, I mean, I'm learning this as you're learning this. So this is something we really need to lean into because I think our, our level of love for him is going to explode. I, I think it's going to be almost, and that's, I, I don't know what I think. I just, I know. I'm just so excited about loving God more. Let me t read one more thing, what Jesus says about you tonight. As I count the delights you bring to me, love has become the greatest. You stand in victory above the rest, stately and secure, as you share with me your vineyard of love. Now I decree, I will ascend and arise. I will take hold of you with my power, possessing every part of my fruitful bride. Your love I will drink as wine, and your words will be mine. For your kisses of love are exhilarating, more than any delight I have known before. Your kisses of love awaken even the lips of sleeping ones to kiss me as you have done. Jesus, we love you. 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 We are so in love with you. We love 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 you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.